Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bobblehead Podcast. We're glad you're back with us today. We uh, we have a really, really good talk this morning about um, kids and dealing with struggles that they go through. Um, Davin and I talked about two examples of, of things that we've been through with our kids the last couple of weeks and talk a bit about how we dealt with those and kind of philosophize a little bit maybe about um, you know what's important and really how do we do this parenting thing which is we talk about in the podcast is the most difficult job there is so uh, we look forward to you guys listening up and um, not only would you like would like you to listen and really let this sink in but give us some feedback on maybe some things that uh, have worked for you um, or even feedback on some of the ideas that we had we'd love to hear back from you so uh, listen up B1, the first number in bingo. B1. You learn all these things. I just remember Sexy Legs 11. I remember, you don't remember that? Um, I remember like something eight. Oh, I get the Sexy Legs now. I get yeah. it because yeah, there's two of them. Two, yeah. <laughs> so you get it? Yeah. yeah. See, I'm a little slow on the uptake sometimes. Well, it's okay. It's, you know, I, I, I can't, I don't have the patience for bingo. No, you, I, I know it's a shock I wouldn't to you. believe it for a minute. I know. I don't have the patience for it. I, I'm good for about two cards, and then I'm like, there's something better than this. Yeah. And it's, I, you know, if I play like four cards, it's better because I'm like always behind. And then I only get, it, it takes me like 20 minutes to get frustrated with it. But if it's just one card, it's five minutes and I'm done. They, they do. There's a place in Rockwall, uh, Brass Tap. They do it on like Wednesday nights, but it's it's musical bingo. So they play like they'll have like 90s and they'll have like rap and then they'll have so like different genres and eras of music and they play like the first minute of a song and then you check that off and it's musical bingo, so which is pretty freaking it's rad. It's bingo. It's at the Brass Tap on Wednesdays. Brass Wednesday. Tap. Is that? It's, on it? the, it's at the Harbor. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, it, so it's kind of like name that tune, but it's bingo. Yeah. It, and then you get. Like, I would suck at that. But but like if you if you win right, and I get, this is where you have to define winning or losing. Like you'll get like a beer of your choice or drink of your choice and a choice and a shot of your choice. So like so basically they want they want to spread the wealth and have other people win. Yeah, yeah. So you can have too many beers and a shot, and you're like. Uh, so at one point you're losing. You're losing. Yeah, you're losing. Yeah, yeah. But it, it is fun though. And there may or may not be a cop standing outside watching in to see who's the winner. Right. And they will soon be the loser. <laughs> Seriously. You know, but there's, I mean, if I can go listen to 90s rap music and play bingo at the same time. That's not a bad And thing. have a drink at the same time. Like, you talk about a win, win, win situation. <laughs> I can't find a you single, not, a single element of losing in that. Okay, so I'm thinking 90s rap. Is that, I'm, I'm thinking this is like, is this like Lakeside? And um, is this the era of uh, Run DMC and? No. So, so you're thinking 1890s. I'm in 1990s. Um, that would be things like where they're uh, wearing like the wig, like the <laughs> that'd be like, like I, their white ice wig, cube. ice cube. Okay, um, I, uh, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg. Okay, um, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, Biggie Smalls. Okay, uh, yeah. See, I never. I sorry, I was busy oh, trying man. to build a career. <laughs> I, was, I was busy trying to tear mine down. <laughs> I was busy trying to make sure that I wasn't going to get a career. <laughs> Is this about the army, Tom? Yeah, it's about building yeah. Well, yeah, nineties for me was, you know, I graduated in ninety nine. Graduated high school in nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, I was the last. You graduated high school when you started our company. <laughs> I was. I graduated. Do you realize yeah. that? Uh-uh. I do now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was the last of a the last of the generation. Last yeah. Because you 90s. were born in ninety nine, right? Wow. Yeah, that's 
makes me feel really old. Don't don't even say it. Just don't. No, I was I was just doing math. You just had, oh you don't have to do math. <laughs> just doing math. <laughs> just don't. Just don't. Oh man. Yeah. So are um, we recording? We of course are. we are. Okay. We're we're always recording. <laughs> Sophie's if, always recording. If we're sitting us. down, then she's yeah. You know, I I feel like when when Sophie's in the office, that there's like a recorder over my shoulder or something like capturing yeah, yeah. all the stupid stuff that comes is, out of my is mouth. Is blackmail one or two words? <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. You know what? It's been it's been a couple of weeks. Yeah, we we missed a week. It was. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. If I, we I was a little busy. A we just weren't here for I, a week. I was. We were a little busy. Yeah, just a little. We bit. both had a few things going on. Yeah, just a few, which always leads to an interesting topic. So, yeah, where we like offer like no nuggets of insight, but we talk a lot about. It. It's cathartic. It's almost like a therapy session. It, just sit it, down across it, from each other and spout nonsense. It is. It is. But no one to question us, Mm-mm. which makes it even better. Yeah, Sophie's not going to do it. A, because she's your daughter, and B, she's on the payroll, so she can't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, vacation, my daughter. She will. There's a difference there. <laughs> Yeah, there's that's a where you difference. refer to, to bullet point too. <laughs> <laughs> she just has to take it and make us sound good. She can't make us look good. There's nothing we can do there's, about that. There's other yeah. changing our She's good, but she's not angle. that good. Yeah, <laughs> unless you put those um like those smiley faces on top of the heads. Like if you see somebody that's on video, but they're not really supposed to be seen. Yeah, and they put those things over their faces. That's really what we need. You know, you talk about something wild or those Instagram filters that that they have these days and. Yeah, I think to the point I, I believe, and I could be making this up 100% that Texas has banned usage of some of those things, like for facial recognition. But it, it's like it literally creates a different person. Hmm. Pretty much I any filter, any video you watch on Instagram, yeah, they are heavily filtered. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Except for mine, I don't. I don't do that. Like you can't make this look so. <laughs> so I I've never used a filter. Do you know why? Cause I've never taken a picture of myself for Instagram. Yeah. I can, I can honestly say that I've never taken a picture of myself and put it on Instagram. Yeah. And, and I don't think you can't take like an existing photo that you upload of like your family and like put filters on it. But, but you, I think it's like in the real time. It? Yeah. You can yeah. put a filter on that. Too. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I can't remember the last time I took a selfie. Unless it was my like family, like we're all trying to get it. And usually we use Brendan because Brendan has really long arms and he has the best camera. And we're like, hey, and you're Brendan. Like, or like Brendan's just, or, yeah, just go over just, there. You're, you're like Brendan, poor guy. He's like, you're on the end because you got the arm to take up there. And the rest of the family's over here. We're like, oh, that's right. You want to, we need you in the picture too. Or he's, he's obviously fantastic at like, you know, photo editing. So he can just right. edit himself back in the photo anyway. Yeah, which always looks awkward. <laughs> yeah. Just like a different, different yeah, And he's like, you know, my two son-in-laws, what, six, five and six three or something like that. Yeah. And then there's me. Okay. It's, it, you know, it's funny mentioning that growing up, I always thought I was tall. Yeah. I'm six foot. I now understand that that I am not tall. No, I am. I am average. Well, in, in, and it's the, there's two different type of six feet tall people, six foot tall people. There's the ones that are <laughs> like medically, medically verifiable six foot tall. And uh, there's the oh. ones that put six foot tall on their dating profile. Oh, okay. <laughs> and they usually average, I think five, eight to five, 10. Well, one of the things I, one one things I like about being six foot is like when you have to type or write how tall you are, like it, for anything, it's just one number. It's not six in the little foot and then have to put like a, you know, 10 or yeah. Or even a six one at the six that I just put six. Yeah, I've always put six foot two, and and I I know you know before my back surgery I was a little, I dipped into the five elevens. Yeah, and then afterwards I'm I'm back up. So above, have you I'm always been six officially tall. six foot, or were you you were taller than six foot, weren't you? I was a little bit over. What did the army say? That's what I want to know. Six foot, like one half of an inch or something like that. Okay. And then you know 
obviously all the spinal compression took me back into the five eleven. Yeah. Until your first jump, then you were officially six foot. <laughs> and then and then when they stretched it back out, I was you know one point two inches plus one point yeah. two inches from whatever that was. So I'm back to being a stunningly handsome six foot half an inch tall. And with that being said. <laughs> Speaking of filters, speaking of filters, <laughs> can you filter your height? I don't think you can. It's yeah. just it's about angles at that point. I think it, I think probably everyone that started this podcast is probably tuned completely out at this point. Probably it, it really boils down to the downward neck turn tilt, right? Like you talking about a selfie? Yeah, it, whatever whatever picture you have to do to get yourself a jawline. It's just <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of these things. No. Yeah. I'm and part of me is really happy about that. And part of me makes me think, "Wow, I'm really old." Well, I mean, both. It doesn't. They're not mutually exclusive. <laughs> you, you can. You can guess be. A, and you, guess. Can, you can be both. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we talked about a therapy session. I'm not feeling good about mine. Oh, what saying. are we talking about today? You know, I, I think um, I think one of the the things that we've we've both kind of run into in the last couple of weeks is um. And, and by the way, we've we've got some feedback. People have actually give, given us some I feedback. Um, I think on Instagram, is that right? On Instagram? By the way, if you did that, thank you very much. Seriously, there was, there yeah. was quite a few that did it. And um, there were two topics that they said they really wanted to hear. And it was it was really two, or the main two. Two main two. Um, and we're going to cover one of them now. I think the idea was um, they wanted to hear more about parenting, mm. which is really scary yeah. knowing Seriously, us. like if you only um, knew. And so... Both of us have had some very different parenting, um, gosh, I'm not going to say struggles, but we're gonna, we've had some experiences. Yeah, challenges, I think. Challenges, yeah. yeah. And um, so let's talk a little bit about that. And you know, we don't have to go into too much detail, but talk about what we've taken, the takeaways from it, what we've learned. And um, so, yeah, it, I'll, I'll go first. Yeah, you go. So my oldest, um, and she's... Uh, She's, those of you that don't listen a lot, she's married, been married for, gosh, it'll be, wow, two years in October. In, in the fall, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, married to a great guy. He's the six, three, six foot three guy. I think he's six three. Yeah, that was process of elimination because I know yeah. Brandon's not six three. Yeah, yeah. And Kyle's probably six four. So I'm, I'll, Kyle, I'll say you're six four. Uh, but anyway, so we had, she had a, a, a little bit of a, um, a medical thing happen. Um, I guess about a week and a half ago, maybe, maybe two weeks. Yeah. Time goes by. And so, um, it kind of turned into something which turned into something else. And we were able to, um, we'll get to spend about four and a half hours in the ER, um, downtown Dallas. Oh gosh, not this month, past Monday, but the Monday before. Um, and if you've ever been to, you know, Baylor medical center ER at one in the morning, I can assure you that it is a circus. In fact, one of my takeaways from that four and a half hours we spent in the waiting room, um, which by the way, don't ever go on a Monday night, not that we had a choice, but yeah. they said Monday nights are the worst. And that's where we were there. Yeah. Nope. You could literally be there for two nights in a row and film a three hour documentary. Oh, I'm sure. It was crazy. I mean, wild, crazy, crazy people, crazy situations, crazy stuff. And you just sit there and wait your turn. It was wild. But anyway, we spent four and a half hours there. And then uh, once they got her in, they actually admitted her and uh, got her up to her room. We're in a room for several days. And fortunately, um, update is she's out. She's back home. She's getting a little bit better every day. Um, gaining some confidence in, in, in herself. And uh, 
and little things like walking again. Mm -hmm. And so uh, really, really proud of her. But, you know, I haven't really spent a whole lot of time one-on-one -on -one with her in a long time, especially since she's been married, even before that. Um, probably maybe a summer when she was uh, at Texas A&M. We were spending a little bit of time together. But we really haven't spent a lot of one-on-one -on -one time together. And we literally spent, you know, 24 hours a day for two or three days almost straight. And so we had a lot of time to talk and time to reflect on things. And, and so these are kind of some of my takeaways from the last couple of weeks. As, um, I, and I, I saw this, I think it was somebody on the Rogan show said this, and I've, I've told several people this cause it really hit me is, you know, in normal life, you have about 200 desires, 200 things that are going through your mind that you want at any given time, you know, everything from relationships to physical material things to whatever. And when you're sick, you have one. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for her and me both, it gave us some really good perspective as to, you know, what's really important in life and what's important to us. And, you know, for her, it was just getting healthy and, and how you define healthy, you know, as, you know, as we would today is different than you find healthy when you're sitting in a hospital bed and, you know, things get real clear, real fast. And for her, it was, I, I was so stinking proud of her um, that she was, she was in a lot of pain for a long time and dealt with some weird stuff and some, some difficult things. And, um, you know, the way she persevered through it and the attitude she had and the mindset she kept was amazing. And I, I told her this so many times, I'm like, you know, just to make it through that and just to, just to have enough grit to get through it was one thing, but her attitude and her mindset at the end was pretty cool. You know, we, we kind of got towards the end where we were going to dismiss and, and they were going to let her out and send her home. And, and, and you know, I, we were talking, we were up all night talking. She didn't sleep for almost three days. And, uh, and I said, you know, what, what are your senior takeaways? What do, let's, let's figure out what we've learned. Let's, let's make sure this isn't wasted time. And her biggest takeaway was, you know, I, I want to be healthy. I want to be healthy. And, 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 I, and I said, great, what does healthy mean? And she like nailed it exactly what she thought, what healthy meant to her. And it was a kind of a reset for her um, to think about what's important in life. But also, you know, one of the, her takeaways was I have, I have a better understanding of what I'm capable of than I did when I came in the hospital. You know, she said, I can handle so much more than I thought I could. And I, wow, that's, that's really strong. And, and it hit me because I, I think about that. And that's what we talk about mindset a lot on these podcasts and in life is every time we face a challenge is more difficult than the one before, you know, we're like, I don't know that I can do this. And then you get through it and you do it. And you're like, wow, I have the capability to do that. Right. I, I actually, believe it or not, I actually thought about you some, um, we're in the hospital and thinking about kind of your journey through the military and think about all the stuff that you went through and, you know, I just can't imagine some of the tasks that you were given, some of the things that you had to do. And you're thinking, there's no way I can do this. I've never done this before. You know, I was able to get through this, but I've never done this. And somehow or another, you get through it and it becomes a new threshold. And, you know, those are the things that make us stronger, mm -hmm. make us more capable, that give us confidence. And I was so proud of her for thinking that way. And, you know, she literally had a smile on her face and she's like, I can handle so much more than I thought I could. And it's given me a new 
appreciation for what I'm capable of. And, you know, as a parent, so we're talking about parenting, as a parent, man, it was one of the things that was like, wow, she came up with that on her own. And having her understand that and process that in her mind is something that I didn't pick up till I was in my 40s. And for her to learn that at 26 um, is huge because mm -hmm. now she's going to be so much more capable. And, you know, and she knows she's going to go through, through things even harder and more difficult in life. Um, but knowing that she can get through this gives her confidence to know that I can get through that. And that was one of one of my favorite takeaways from her was not only that fact, but just her mindset of how she dealt with all these things. You know, poor girl didn't sleep for almost three days. And then she finally slept, you know, for like six or seven hours and she woke up and she's like, feel like a new person. And I appreciate more just getting some sleep, you know, and it doesn't take sometimes it takes us going through things like that to appreciate. And I've, I've always talked about this and I've, I've said it a million times is, you know, the best, the best analogy is a stomach ache. When you're just walking around, you don't think about it. It's no big deal until you have a really bad stomach ache and that's all you can think about. And it just hurts. And you're like, okay, when I don't have a stomach ache, I'm going to really, really appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. And then about two days goes by and you forget it, right? right. It comes normal again until you have another stomach ache. But sometimes it's those times in life that kind of hit us in the gut that remind us of that we need to be thankful for whatever it is, be thankful for where we are, where our relationships, where we are with our jobs. Um, doesn't mean we have to be content, but we have to be thankful for, for where we are, um, especially with our health. Absolutely. And, and I think, you know, it's, it's this idea that, that abund of abundance, right? And yeah. I think it's one of the most detrimental things to us as, as people and as families and as a society is this overabundance of things that we have, right? Yeah. And, and it breeds so much complacency and it breeds, mm -hmm. you know, actually malcontent, you know, like when you look at metrics across society and it's, you know, people are, are every, we have more information, more knowledge, more things, more ability to, to be more successful than any point in history, mm -hmm. but people are less happy than ever before. Yeah. Suicides are higher than, than ever. Every metric that measures happiness is down, it's right? Down, yeah. And, and it's not because life's bad. It's just because we have so much that we have nothing. Yeah. Right. And then when you, you go through an event, like what she went through, things get real simple, real fast. Oh, right. Really and, big time. Yeah. And scarcity breeds perseverance. It does. Right. And, and it gives you this ability to kind of reset your mind in the way that you view things, because, you know, maybe the day before she was frustrated with Kyle because he hadn't taken the dog outside right. or there was, you know, the milk had gone bad in the fridge or any number of things that, right. that when you are able to enjoy abundance in your life, then these trivial things become big things for right. no other reason. Right. But then when you're staring you know, your, your mortality. And I know it wasn't that bad, but for lack of better words, when you're staring that type of stuff in the face, it gets boiled down to the lowest level. Right. And, and you become acutely focused on just getting better, right. Taking the next step, you know, right. Some, for some people drawing the next breath. Right. And it brings out a level of perseverance in people that a lot of them didn't know that they had. Yeah. And, and, you know, one of the things that one of her biggest takeaways too is, man, her husband was a rock star through mm -hmm. all this. And, and he would, you know, he would sit at the bed next to her and just hold her hand while she was going through this stuff. And, uh, you know, that was one of her takeaways is, is man, I married a great guy. Yeah. And he had a greater appreciation for her too through it. So, you know, those things in relationships, when you go through those difficult times, actually bring you closer together too. And, you know, I think they both came out the way, came away, came away with uh, appreciating each other way more. 
and it, it kind of goes back to that, you know, scarcity thing is right. when, when you really, really need each other the most and somebody, and they, and that person that your relationship steps up, whether that be a friend or a spouse or whatever, man, that means the world and it, 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 it draws you closer and there's a bond that's built there that, you know, will always be there no right. matter what. It's kind of like we, we talk about a lot of times, you know, those that go through adversity together, you know, become close. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that was definitely the case then. That, that faced some sort of like external threat, right? Yeah. And, and I think as, as a society, we're so good at galvanizing against external threats, you know, mm-hmm. foreign military powers, mm-hmm. terrorists, whatever, mm-hmm. right? But it's, it's when through time and repetition, we don't have that external threat. We start to eat each other up on the inside, right? Yeah. From, from within. And it's, it's disingenuous to think that their relationship is not going to end up going back to some operative norm that it was before once they start enjoying the abundance again. Right. Right. And I think that's why life inherently is so cyclical is because you need to get back to those reset moments, right? Because not every day is kumbaya. Like, you know, I'm so happy you're here and appreciative that you're here. Sometimes they just get on your damn nerves. Right. And there's nothing you can do about it because it's hard to be around one person every day for the rest of your life. But that's why those types of events are so important for us to endure Mm -hmm. is because it does take us back to the beginning. We always need that reset. We always need that reminder that life is precious, that these relationships are fleeting, that tomorrow isn't a given. Right. And so I think as a spouse, as a parent, as a partner, as a whomever, you know, you have to be able to recognize that and help meet that person where they are. And, you know, we, we, we don't ever, it's not good to ever wish for those things, but when they do come along is, it, it sounds strange, but you know, we talk about it on the podcast, but be thankful for those times. Mm-hmm. And when you're in the middle of it or getting over it, stop and reflect, yeah. you know, wow, this happened. What am I going to learn from it? And, and then be thankful for those times that weren't good, that were difficult. And cause they made you stronger, that drew you closer. You learned something from it. You know, we get growth through adversity. Right. Well, and think about this, right? It gives you, she went through what she went through and it gives her a chance to reset the operative norm too. What do I want to do? I want to get healthy. Right. What does it mean to be healthy? Right. Right. And then you can define those life choices that maybe you want to make going forward. Right. And then it takes the accountability from your partner. It takes the accountability from your parents Mm -hmm. to help hold you accountable to those new operative norms that you said you were going to set that take you on a different path than what maybe landed you in where you were in the first place. Right. Exactly. And, And that's tough to do. Right. That's where time and repetition are so incredibly important. And accountability and, and and love and grace from the people that are around you yeah. is is so wildly important after something like that. Yeah, I agree. So let's talk a little bit. You've had some interesting parenting parenting things happen lately too. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's different. You know, Peyton's seventeen. He's going through the recruiting process. He's getting ready to go into his senior year, and he's getting calls and letters and looks from schools to, that he wants to play football with. You know, and it's he he loves it. You know, he's he's that type of kid. You know, I'm sure people know the story. But you know, I raised him by myself for a long time. I was a single dad for a long time. And, um, you know, so he and I have a, a interesting bond. And, and I'm, I've always considered myself a, a decent dad, right? Like I can do the dad stuff with, with the best of them. But I'm like one of the worst moms in the history of ever, <laughs> right? I'm just not a good mom, you know? Right. So, you know, through one of those things that Peyton has, has always needed and has been lacking in his life is that, like that affirmation, right? right? That, that like, hey, dude, you're doing awesome, right? Because like on the dad side of things, like we tend to apply more pressure right. instead of the empathy and understanding that's going to get him through that moment, you know? So what Peyton needs the most is that empathy and that understanding. And he's seeing some of his teammates around him get you know, D one, big D one offers and stuff like that. And so he, it's been a struggle for him cause he doesn't have any official offers yet mm-hmm. and helping him 
guide him through that while pushing him through that while also applying some sort of empathy and understanding and helping him see that it's not so acute that it doesn't mean that you're not going to get it. It just means you have to keep plowing forward. It's been such an interesting challenge over the last probably month specifically. So how how have you dealt with that? I mean, what, what have you, not to go to very deep specifics, but like what, you know, when you see that, and it's funny, you see that going on in your kid, you see what's going on in their head without them even telling you that you kind of see it. So what are some things that you've done or, some th- some practices you've used to kind of help him understand those things. Number one, easily. Or what have you? Not, what have you? Sh- what do you should you have not done? <laughs> no, n- n- number number one that I that I've that I've done and like the method that I've learned is is uh, tequila. <laughs> for you or for him? <laughs> for me. Okay. Good. <laughs> no, I'm I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> honestly, like trying to not apply the fix, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? The fix is more sprints. The fix is more, you know, technique work. The fix is this, right? Right. And, and w- as men, we're so conditioned to provide a fix to a problem, right? Oh, yeah. But it sure as hell doesn't work with our spouses. No, no. We've <laughs> and, had that, that. You know what? We need to actually have that podcast one day. Yeah. I've told both my girls that process, but we need to have that. But that. But go ahead. And, and applying that to him, you know, yeah. like just be like, hey, I get it, man. Keep working, right? I know you're working hard. Just, just trust the process, right? Instead of, well, I mean, did you go to did you go to Bullet his strength and conditioning class last Friday? Did you go to Bullet? No. Why didn't you go to Bullet? See, yeah. if you'd have been to Bullet, you'd have had an offer, right? Oh, yeah. And in 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 attempt to apply the fix, you just apply more pressure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is the opposite because he doesn't have the and thank God he doesn't have the ability to know that this isn't the most you know difficult thing he's ever going to endure in his life. But in this moment. It's it's his next step past high school and includes right. playing. So so it's right. this is he he's feeling all the pressure in the world. And so hearing him, understanding him, not providing the instant fix and helping relieve the pressure instead of adding to the pressure right. has has been a the most challenging, but b the most the most fruitful. And you know what? That's so hard as a parent because you know what you don't want to do is pat him on the head and go, "It's going to be okay." You don't mm-hmm. have to try hard. You don't have to. Do, you don't have to go. Any, you don't have to do that if you don't want to. And it's so easy to give them an out and you know, that's not the answer, but yet the answer is also not shut up and go do these three things and, you know, make it happen. Right. And, and there's a balance in the middle there somewhere of, of a little bit of empathy and a little bit of encouragement. Um, and I, you know, I got to tell you, man, being a parent is, is psychology 501, you know, yeah. I mean, it it's, really is. And, and it's a matter of, of understanding where they are and, and man, you know, I don't know about you, but I, there was never a class or a school we went to to learn how to do this. Mm-mm. And, you know, and I, you know, man, props to single dads, single moms. You know, I know that going through this stuff with Reagan, I'm just like, gosh, I can't imagine what a single mom, how a single mom with two other kids at home and you had a kid going some, through something like this. How do you do it? Yeah. And dealing with the financial, luckily, financially, we're good. We don't have to worry about the bills. Um, but man, just, I can't imagine going through that. Yeah. And, and so, you know, understanding your kid and understanding what they're going through and how do you deal with it and how do you talk to them? I mean, I got to tell you, it's, you know, of all the things that we go through and I'm, I'm speaking for both of us and tell me if I'm wrong, you know, whether it's work or spouses, man, being a parent is the hardest thing. <laughs> it really is. And knowing what to do and how to do it is the most difficult thing. Um, and, you know, if you're going through it, God bless you, whoever you are out there. Um, but know that, you know, just 
keep doing the things that you think are right. Um, have that empathy, uh, try to set mindsets with your kids, but you know, man, I, you're struggling. I get it. hundred percent get it. You know, and you can almost view it as, you know, we talked about some of the, the stuff that Reagan had gone through and Peyton had gone through and that reset to, to the necessities, the reset towards sometimes you just have to go back to putting one foot in front of the other. Yeah. Right. And, and view scarcity as a, as a positive, um, element and just, just push forward. Yeah. Um, and try to strip away some of that excess and, and some of the stuff that ultimately at the end of the day doesn't matter, right? And just focus on the most important things and, and make those the most important things all the time. Right. And and you really you really can't fail because what I think is is a parent, we all look back and wish we could have done things so much better. But I can tell you from my experience, you know, raising a kid by myself to having a daughter and now having some having stepkids, it's not about doing it right. It's about being there. It's about yeah. being in the trenches. It's yeah. about making the decisions in the moment, whether they're right, whether they're wrong, whether it's somewhere in between. Your kids are going to look back and say, my dad and my mom was there. Mm-hmm. And they busted their ass to try to make me better. Right. Um, they're not going to remember the fancy vacations. They're not going to remember that kind of stuff. They're going to remember the fact that you were just there and you cared. And that's, I think that's one of the toughest things about being a parent too, is knowing, knowing that when those kids are our age, they're going to look back on those times and they're going to remember those times, good or bad, Yeah, you know? Um, and man, you know, I screw up a lot. I did, I did a lot of things wrong and I know that that affected my girls and, um, but I did a few things right too. I just didn't know it at the time, Yeah, but you know, you, all you can do is do your best. And, and I, I love what you said about, you know, if you don't know what to do, man, just be there. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, don't, there's no such thing as quality time. It's quantity time that in the middle of that quantity, quality things will come out, right? You can't say, I'm going to spend two hours with this kid and we're going to go through all this stuff and they're going to remember this forever. They won't. Nope. They remember you're just trying to pounce something in their head. But to go spend the day with them and just those little talks in the car, or something you said, something that you did, and it may not even been a lesson thing. It may have just been a conversation about whatever, right? For some reason that sticks in our minds when we're kids and we look back on those times and go wow you know my mom and my dad they really cared they really you know they didn't do everything right but you know what i i'm a better person because of that and and the tough thing is they're going to wind up treating their kids the way we treat them so right. the things that we do today are things that our grandkids will deal with you know in the future yep and, and ultimately that's why therapy is a thing because <laughs> nobody's getting out of this thing without being a little bit screwed up. And listen, one day those kids will have a podcast and they'll be talking about things and just get it off their chest like we are today. And um, yeah, you know, I, now that you say that, this podcast, you know, we it, it's not free. We have to put it out there. With, but it's probably cheaper than that going therapy. to a shrink. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly. Probably not near as effective, but hey, we'll be the judge of that. <laughs> about as many people are listening. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, with that, I think we'll uh, close it down. Wrap this thing up. All right, man. Enjoyed it. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate it. Next time. All right, see you.